My father was one of 11 children, which sounds unimaginably chaotic. This wasn't unusual where he grew up. He had a friend who was one of 15. The pressure to have large families was high in this small Catholic village and in many other parts of the Netherlands. If my grandmother wasn't visibly pregnant when the priest came knocking about once a year, he would ask her if her marriage was okay. This intense interest from the local priest sounds well meant, but that was not always the case. In the early 1950s, in another small Dutch town in Rosel, near the Belgian border, a doctor called Bart Lenstra had an intimate knowledge of his patients, as doctors from small towns often did. One of his patients, Sandra, already had 11 children, but had experienced difficulty with her last few births. It was touch and go with number 11, so Lemstra stipulated to her that she must not get pregnant again with a 12th, at risk of her own life. This was in the times before contraception was commonly used or allowed by devout Catholic followers. After asking his patient detailed dates of her most recent menstruation patterns, Lemstra marked an X on the days on her calendar where she would most likely be fertile and should abstain from sex. If Sandra had followed his instructions closely, this should have dramatically reduced her chances of getting pregnant. Somehow, the local priest got wind of the advice she had been given and, on his next visit to Sandra, told this hapless woman that the doctor was mistaken and it was actually the other way around, where the crosses were marked was actually a safe time for her and her husband's nighttime frolics. This was a time when the local priest was more highly regarded than the doctor and, unfortunately, Sandra soon became pregnant again. Nine months later, her twelfth child was born, but just as the doctor had predicted, she unfortunately did not survive childbirth. Her husband, a poor farmer, was widowed with twelve mouths to feed, and the doctor and the priest never saw eye to eye again. Had Sandra known another way to avoid pregnancy, she may have lived longer. Now, information about our monthly cycle is readily available. Childbirth is far safer, and fewer women in the West have so many children. This fertile window that Lemstra was already aware of so many years ago was precisely what helped me to make a relatively well-informed guess at when I would be most and least fertile. For my husband and me, this quest to embrace this window rather than avoid it started soon after we got married in the middle of July 2016. We hadn't discussed it at length, but we both knew that shortly after our wedding, we would start trying for a baby. I knew this could negatively affect my career, it might mean fewer trips abroad for stories, no late nights to finish deadlines, and half a year or more out of the office. It might even mean lower lifetime earnings. But the desire to have a baby wasn't a rational choice. It felt like a deeply ingrained biological need that started to feel ever more pressing as I entered my late 20s. I didn't want our first baby's conception to be scientific, but as a science journalist, as someone who has always been fully aware of the changes my body was going through month on month, I couldn't help myself tracking each and every fertile cycle gleefully and slightly jokingly telling my husband that if we tried now, we could make a baby. Two weeks after our wedding, I woke to the familiar feeling of egg white cervical mucus and knew this was the moment an egg was ripe and ready. It perhaps wasn't the most romantic or spontaneous of beginnings, but I couldn't undo years of scientific awareness about the process my body was going through. After this came the infamous two-week wait, an agonising stretch of time before a test will reveal whether you are pregnant or not, though some tests manage to detect pregnancy slightly earlier. These days were consumed with noticing every tiny biological change I felt, real or imagined. Were my breasts more tender? Did I feel slightly nauseous? It was way too early for that. 
I even took a test many days before I knew it would be able to give a positive result. I looked up each change that I felt, often ending on terrible internet forums with misinformed advice. I craved facts before there were facts to be had, knowing that it could take several attempts to get pregnant. A clinical knowledge of baby making can leave little time for romance, sorry husband, and so, fortunately for us, it was first time lucky. When a pregnancy test showed the faintest positive purple line that my husband said he couldn't even see on 10 DPO, an abbreviation I learned from aforementioned terrible internet forums that meant days past ovulation, I didn't quite believe it, even though I knew that false positives are extremely rare. I took a test each day for the following week or two and lined them up next to each other so that I could see the gradual darkening of that purple line as my pregnancy hormones got stronger and became easier to detect. Only then did I accept it. 